This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 441 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we're going to talk with USDF National Grand Prix winner James Coford. Lawrence Price, Sir Chronicle of the Horse Blogger, is back. And of course, we have a great trainer tip. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil! It's good to talk to you. You just <laughs> left us, li- li- literally. Well, so it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> like we haven't been chatting for a while, anyways. <laughs> I know, it's true. Oh, we had such a great week, Phil. You were so much fun to have uh, down here during the U.S. Finals. It was really fun. So oh, uh, time. I was hoping I would go south and get some warmer weather, but I think <laughs> oh. I went south and got colder weather. I don't know how it that happened, cold. but um, yeah, I mean, we had we had a, a, no, no way. It had to be cold. There was an Arctic blast that came through the uh, Kentucky. I call it Arctic vortex or something. I don't know. It was Arctic. Yeah, all these new names, these new weather names. Yeah, it was it was cold. Anybody that was at the U.S. Finals knows how cold it was. It was, and I'm sure all of the country was really cold. But we went literally from almost 80 degrees. We broke a record in Kentucky the Sunday before the nationals, and uh, and we had a storm, really bad storm, come through. And then all week it got colder and colder and colder and colder. Uh, <laughs> I think it, the coldest it got was like when I went to the horse park on Sunday or Saturday for early morning walking. It was 19 degrees. That was very Ooh. cold. Yeah, that was, and even for Phil, the Canadian was cold. That's how yeah. you know. Yeah. But it really was but a fun week. We had a, a great time. Beautiful show. Yeah, it's. Been, I mean, that that was uh, the second time I've been down for the finals. So I think uh, there was a lot of. It's very busy. A lot of hustle bustle and a lot of horses and a lot of. I think nervous riders. You can see people just like <laughs> super focused, walking around and doing stuff. So. Um, you know, I had no pressure on me. I had, you know, I had a good time. I was relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we brought the pressure to you, but uh, yeah, no, we um, we had a really good show. I mean, uh, it was a lot of, of environment for Elon Court. He he's been there before, and so he was good about that. But you know, that along with you know doing a pretty green, he's pretty green. I one horse still, um, but I was really overall very pleased with him. And we had some adversity. There was some issue not with us. Uh, we got in the arena and. Uh, we we were on a hold and nobody told us, so we had to kind of walk around for about eight minutes in the main ring. So that took our wind. Yeah, yeah, it took our wind out of our sails a little. But he was he was as good as I could have asked. He was him very to be. good. You guys he did a great job. Yeah. I think he was very good. And yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, you just there's things to work on. There's always things to work on and yes. things that you're gonna <laughs> take away from the show and to develop and to work on before you. I mean, you're not gonna jump right back into the show ring right away. So I think. Uh, yeah, got a great plan for him, and he's developing really nicely. And uh, it was nice to see because I, I yeah. haven't seen you guys in a little while. So we no, had a wonderful it visit. was. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, later in the in the show. Our trainer tip is going to be a little bit about what we did last week uh, and what it's it like to to really train the week before a competition because that is a really critical time where you yeah, want to how to, do how to and... properly prep the horse for for a big show coming up. And and we we'll tell you what we were doing and what we were training and. 
um, some some strategy that we brought to uh, to your ride. So I think that's exactly. really great. Yeah, so that's going to be our trainer tip. But we have a fantastic show, and um, I hope you guys enjoy. Our first guest, it comes on all the time, and uh, and you'll see her in the interview. Lauren Spreiser is coming on of Spreiser Sport Horses. She's going to talk a little bit about her blog that was just in the Chronicle of the Horse, and also about um, how we as listeners can give her a little help with her uh, horse that, that has been sick. So hope you enjoy. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Lauren Spreiser of Spreiser Sport Horses on the show. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, guys. How are you? We love it when you stop by the show. It always makes us happy. Well, I'm always happy to come by. (laughs) (laughs) So you did, you just did a great article for the Chronicle of the Horse. And of course, we read it and we're like, oh, yeah, we need Lauren on. So tell us a little bit about what you just wrote, your blog. It was great. Well, let's call a spade a spade here. Yes, I meant what I wrote in the blog, but really I just wanted an excuse to post a picture of me wearing this incredible $900 dress that I rented to go to a wedding with my boyfriend because that dress made me look incredible. And as a horse girl, you just don't have that many opportunities to look incredible. So I had to write a blog to go along with it. Um, You did look incredible, by the way, in that dress. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, The blog was about having a life and having a life outside of the horse industry and you two I know have been in this industry as long as I have. And when you're a kid and you have nothing but energy, it's all horses all the time. And then the burnout starts and all of a sudden you're spending even longer hours in the barn because a client needs this or a horse is sick. And suddenly you haven't had a day off in three months And you're starting to chew off your own hair. And I think that's how we lose a lot of really wonderful people in this industry who just can't hack it. Um, And I wanted to write about how important I have found it to have a little perspective to do other things, uh, both social things like wearing a hot dress to a wedding, um, but also having other stuff to care about, having other, you know, I'm involved in politics. I like to go hiking I have a dog, just something to get your rear end and your brain out of the barn. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I think that the, the challenge is, it is true as you, as you're young in your career, you're sort of ride anything, you'll take anything, you're just happy to work with horses. And for us, typically, I would say for trainers in general, it's not really the horses that are the problem. They're the easiest, you know, it's, it's a universal and we love our clients, and we, but I think the biggest pull is the fact that there's a conflict and that our clients, uh, it, it is everybody's social time and fun time to come to the barn, but it, it is a trainer's job. So everyone else is escaping their job, but it is our job. So it's a little bit of a, um, it's just a complicated situation. You bring that in. So when everyone else is having fun, you're like, you know, I'm missing a family event or I'm missing, um, whatever, you know, that you're doing, my husband's going somewhere and I would really like to go, or I'm missing a play or so it, eventually I think it catches up with you. Like, Oh, wait a minute. There has to be a little bit of work life balance. And as we get older and maybe have spouses that are not, uh, in the barn all the time, they kind of say the same thing. Like, wait a minute, your, your job is, is far off of, of the scale. And, um, so I think it is, it's easier if you have a spouse that 
isn't in, interested in horses because uh, my 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 husband is wonderful and will rein me in be like okay we get we gotta go we gotta go on a date you gotta you gotta take a shower like phil what do you what do you say uh, you jump in here um well i mean i you know i find it like for the people who are showing year round that that becomes very difficult because you when you go to i know what it's like when you guys go down to florida and it's just another summer season and so you can definitely you know be be burned out in that situation whereas you know because i stay home and i take a little bit of time during the winter off of the horses and whatever i mean for the summer it's it, there's always a pull because i you know i have a large group of friends and they're not horsey at all and it's always like oh let's go to a baseball game let's do this let's do that and i know that you know may through september and sometimes april to october it's you know, it's horses every weekend, you know, every day. And it's a really, you have to be super focused. Otherwise you're not going to be successful, right? You know, somebody is going to, going to outwork you or, or give your clients more service and and then you lose your, your, your business. So, I mean, it's just part of it and accepting that you have to do, but for me, I just accept that during the summer, very, very, very busy winter. It calms down a bit. We take some vacation. I was able to go and see Reese. We, Yay, you know, I can do others. I mean, that was horsey, but it's just something a little bit different. And so I try and create that balance of, you know, work time and then a little bit off time. But um, yeah, for the for the for those Florida competitors and and the guys doing the CDIs and and making you know working on making the teams and and all of this stuff, I I, I just don't know. I, I I think the burnout factor can be very very high. You know, it's not just about hours in the barn. Well, that's huge. But, you know, talking about trying to make teams, CDIs, having big goals, if something happens, if you don't make the team, if you fall short of the goal, when that's your only thing, then that's your only thing. And, you know, I have bad rides at horse shows. I've had a crappy year competition-wise. I still have clients that I love. I still have you know, a running habit that I love. I've still managed to go hiking a couple weekends a month. Uh, I'm still involved in things that have nothing to do with my competitive career. And it just, you can't be one note. That laser focus thing that lets us all play at the level we want to play at can also make you chew off your own hair. Um, And having other things to care about, having diversified interests just makes the makes the blows come a little softer. It makes them land a little softer. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I love it. And I think, uh, you know, we all have to remember that. And, um, you know, it, it's just simple things. I think when the burnout, just a reminder, you know, I, I have a kind of an eight and eight policy. Like I don't really want to talk to anybody before eight o'clock or after eight o'clock, unless it's an emergency, you know, people get into, you know, we don't want text at 11 o'clock at night. It makes us crazy. <laughs> And I think we've all got. Do not them. disturb function on the iPhone is wonderful. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. But you 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 forget because you get busy and you need to talk to your trainer or whatever. And I, eh, sometimes it's like, hey, that could really wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I don't need that at eleven o'clock at night as I'm trying to go to bed. That's not so nice. Um, but no, it's so true. And and I think Philip and I um, both have our own different interests and things that we enjoy doing. And um, I'm very lucky my spouse uh, kind of d- will, will drag me out. And, uh, we have the barn kicking and screaming sometimes, but uh, we'll go and do some other things. And, and, and I love it. And, you know, I'm lucky I can, I also teach college and, you know, I do some other things that sort of get me out of the barn, which I enjoy. And, and it makes me enjoy my barn time even more and, and my time 
which is great. So I, I 100% agree with you. So I love it. And tell us where you got the dress. So for all the horsey girls out there, this is an important, <laughs> this was a huge point of this blog. Oh, this magical, magical website called rentthorunway.com. <laughs> you, for a very low fee, can rent a very fancy dress for four days. And all you do is stuff it back in the bag, stuff it back in the prepaid envelope and ship it back to the company. They dry clean it. They send you like the dress that you ordered plus a backup size in, cl- in case what? you're, you know, optimistic about how big or small you are. Um, <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. I highly recommend it. Oh, it's so Very fun. Good. I Very love good. it. You well, should give it a try, Phil, for your next black. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right there. <laughs> you're right there. I love it. Well, Lauren, we also, we want to help you. you we, uh, you know, been watching online. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened to your wonderful Danny and how some of our listeners uh, can help? Sure. Uh, 24 hours after wearing that incredible dress, you want to talk about back to reality. My pop horse, who's a nine-year-old Dutch gelding named Danny Ocean, needed to have emergency colic surgery. And that is awful and terrible. And I'm so sorry for everyone else who's ever had to go through that. This was my first. Um, But to make matters even worse, I thought that I had insurance coverage for him that covered colic surgery. And it turns out I don't, uh, that he was excluded from that because of a non-surgical colic incident last year. Uh, And then he came home from having colic surgery and is actually now back in the hospital getting uh, $5,000 of antibiotics for a an antibiotic-resistant infection. So I'm looking at about a $25,000 bill to save my horse's life that I wasn't really planning on paying this year. Um, and sure. I wasn't really planning on not having any insurance coverage to help out with. Um, and the incredible members of the equine community, friends and family, but also strangers, friends on Facebook, uh, random people of the internet, amazing, amazing people have all gotten together. Um, and I'm holding an online auction that starts on Sunday and runs through Cyber Monday. So that is Monday the, oh God, 20. 20 28. 28, 27. thank you. 27th, 27th, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll, it'll run through that Monday. Um, people have been donating some really cool stuff, not just horsey items, but also some non-horsey things. I have lessons from people all over the country. Uh, I have... Uh, saddles and equipment, um, really cool educational things, uh, a a bidding, private bidding workshop with Beth Heast of the Horse, of course, Um, some great supplements from my sponsors at Euclid Equine Nutrition, just an incredible, incredible lot of stuff. Um, And that will run for a week. And you can find the link to that auction when it goes live. Uh, It is not yet live, but it will be on my Facebook page, which is Lauren Spreiser. Spreiser is spelled S-P-R-I-E-S-E-R. Awesome. And and maybe well, we can get a link. Yeah. We'll put a link on our show notes too, Lauren, so that our okay. listeners can also uh, pop in. So it lo- sounds like it's going to go live on Sunday, right? And then yep. go all the this, way to through this Monday. Sunday, midday, okay. and then through through American Thanksgiving into Cyber Monday. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking of Christmas presents, 
Yes, come check out your, well, (laughs) we hope, we hope we can drive some people there and that we can help with Danny's recovery uh, because you're a great contributor to our show and we really, really appreciate it. So um, everybody check out Lauren's page on Sunday and uh, we'll also put a link on our, um, on our Facebook page and also on our show notes page. So Lauren, we, we wish you well and we hope we can help and uh, thank you and enjoy uh, also some family time over the holidays. Thank you very much, you guys, as well. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed um, Lauren's interview. And if you have any more questions, we certainly here at the radio show can and help. And you're welcome to send us an email. And uh, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with James Coford, and he's going to talk to us um, about his Grand Prix freestyle. No words can describe the depth of the bond between a horse and his person. A kiss at the gate just before you turn him out. The soft touch of his muzzle on your hand as he scoops up the treat out of your palm. The warmth of his body under your legs as you saunter bareback across the pasture. The beat of his hooves as you gallop in perfect rhythm cross-country. The sensation of flying as you clear the oxer. The sense of peace that comes over you as you walk together down the quiet trail. The sound of him contently eating his dinner the feel of his warm, soft coat under your hand. The feeling you get when it's just you and your horse. It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Equijewel. Fight back against an energy crisis that can impact condition and performance. Equijewel is a high-fat, low-starch and sugar formula that was developed to safely meet the energy needs of your horse. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight I am so happy to have Jim Coford on. He was the winner of the Grand Prix Freestyle on his gorgeous Adalia, um, and she is a Frisian sport horse. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to, glad to be here. Well, you are such a sport because you are teaching a clinic, and I, I said, oh, you were the star. I need you to come on the radio, and you were such a good sport to come on. So tell us a little bit about your girl. She is beautiful. Well, um, I rode her father, and I've read, uh, ridden a bunch of her brothers and sisters, and um, I so I've, I've worked with the owners uh, for, for, you know, on and off for I don't know, probably 10, 15 years. And, um, uh, she came, I was actually, I'm, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee now. And, and she came a couple years ago, she, uh, came for a clinic and cause she was seven and they had an in-house trainer that was training her and I was doing a very nice job. And, um, but she came in the, uh, the ring and I was teaching and it was just like, Oh my gosh, like this, this, this is the, like, I, I just, I have to meet this horse. This horse looks like so much fun. And anyways, she just had that presence that, uh, a sparkle in her eye. And you like, I, uh, this, this just looks like so much fun. So anyway, um, like six months later, they lost their in-house trainer. She decided to, um, uh, take another job. So the owners called me up and said, Hey, what do, what do we do with this one? And I was like, like <laughs> I got a stall waiting. So anyway, <laughs> like, and, and I just remember so, so vividly, it was a, such a visceral, strong reaction when I saw her just because she has this like presence. And even though, you know, she was just sort of all over the place, there was legs everywhere. She just, just had this, uh, I don't know, presence. And I just, 
I, I just thought she was amazing. So I uh, brought her home and I came in and I just remember the way the staff looked at me and I was like, look at, look at my new project. And they were staring at me like, wow, uh, what, what are you okay. going to do with her? And I was like, I don't know, but isn't she fabulous? And um, so <laughs> I, I, you know, like I said, it was a non-traditional and, but they rapidly were, you know, converted when, um, you know, she, she came in the barn and she charmed everybody because she's got such a funny personality and such a, a zest for, for, for work. And uh, like I said, so we just sort of molded and shaped it and uh, she's come along quite nicely. Oh, she so, is. Yeah. What exactly is her breeding? What's her? What's the stallion? What was the mare? Um. So her, the her father was a horse called Nico, and he was imported from uh, Holland, and he was um, half Dutch warm blood and half Frisian, and um, okay. he was a black and white stallion, and so they imported him, and he. Um, uh, you know, it's sort of an unusual cross, but um, anyways, they bred him with Frisians, they bred him with Arabs, they bred him with Thoroughbreds, and, and it's it's really funny. He produced so many Grand Prix horses. I, they just all had a, a really serious talent for Piaf Passage, and um, and so I was a big fan. He didn't breed that much, but the ones that he bred were great, and then she had this wonderful breeding program. She sold horses all over the world, and um, on Christmas Eve, 10 years ago, um, they uh, had a barn fire and like literally lost the stallion, lost the mares, lost the babies, lost everything. And Adaya was outside because she was a, sort of a gawky two-year-old and she was not one of the big fans. <laughs> she, yeah, she's a little bit unusual looking. And so she wasn't, you know, she was just like, ah, one of the ones, you know, we're just going to throw out in the field. So anyway, she was outside. And Aww. anyway, so she's one of the few surviving members of that breeding program. And, um, and I am so fortunate uh, that, you know, like I said, she's coming to my life because, like I said, it was a really an unusual program, but really sort of purpose breeding, you know, Grand Prix horses. It's amazing how many, how many really, really nice, um, you know, there some are like a dia that show tremendous talent for hopefully CDIs. Others are more amateur, but they all seem to have a talent for it, which is, which is, you know, really what. <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. hard to find, you know, a horse with substance and bone and a great brain and straightforward to ride. And so, um, and, anyway, and so she, I thought it was, you know, yeah. it, was, it took a long time for her to actually sort of the, the owner to sort of decide to keep going. And since then oh. she's, um, you know, there's, there, there are some relatives that it is just a much smaller scale. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, uh, you know, like I'm so thrilled that, at least we we can keep the program going a little bit so absolutely wow what a story my goodness you know she she does yeah. she has quite the presence and she also she went to the developing uh, grand prix this summer as well i mean she's she's done quite a lot i i saw her in wellington under the lights uh and you were dressed as aladdin <laughs> or not dressed yeah. <laughs> that was when I saw her. You, your, your blue painted chest, and I thought this is a really amazing horse. And she went out there, and it was uh, in the evening. It was kind of cold for Florida, and she just rocked it. And then, uh, then she went to the developing uh, Grand Prix right this summer and did quite well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I my I, I don't do sort of a, a sort of a traditional um, way of of training. I don't like. I don't like shows are really expensive. And, um, when, when horses are on my dime, then, then, 
I try to do things like exhibitions, <laughs> sort of yeah. give them yeah. the experience. Give them an experience. And like, yeah. How, yeah. So, so that the the thing I did um, this winter at the Polo Club um, was just a chance to see what she's like at night under the lights, a big crowd, and the, because those are conditions that are really training challenges, but also training opportunities. So that when I competed at the Alltech arena, she's, she's at least had been in challenging situations. So it gave me a sense of what she's like under, under um, challenging conditions. So, so I did that, the Aladdin thing which was a little embarrassing because it was in body paint and there was lighting was challenging and I mean it, it was so so but you know like it, it's just so funny because like the the theme of that song uh you've never had a friend like me it was sort of like it was sort of I don't know it's sort of it was a fun song to ride her to because that's how I feel about her she's like such a funny good friend and um so anyway, so that was fun. And then we did uh, quadrille at Global uh, a couple of weeks after that, which was a six horse Grand Prix uh, quadrille uh, in the uh, intermission for the uh, Grand Prix freestyles one night. And um, so that also gave me a sense that, you know, this horse might be a little bit special because there we are in there's six Grand Prix horses and we're riding to music. And at one point um, in the, the quadrille, she she leads it. We come charging down the center line to um, uh, a Prince song called "Let's Get Crazy, Let's Get Nuts." And so we're cantering down. Everyone follows me. All of a sudden, Prince hits these certain notes in that song, and she's like, "This is where I do once." And at that point, she was really great in the ones. And she went flying down the center line, doing one tempies like I I was like basically hanging on. I wasn't asking for them, and it was just made me realize like she's into this. And so she loves uh, to perform. Yeah, I think that really that. shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like i said it's it just it's really fun when you get to um to share that with a horse and you know i used to do eventing and i even did a four star and, and and you know when you have a horse that can actually do a four star it's like there's so many horses with talent but which ones will actually do that for you and that's how i feel about um uh so fortunate to work with her you know they may come in unusual packages but sometimes there's just this sparkle in this eye and this uh, that they they just have that extra little bit of try and it's uh, like <laughs> I didn't know what I was gonna do with her and I still don't know like we don't have any plans it's not like the judges like I bought her because I'm trying to impress judges or I bought her because I'm gonna make money on her this is just this is just like a fun project because I mean uh, she she seems so into it and I glad I get to you know do it with her I it's it's just a totally fun project so. Well, and I love it. And I love how you said, um, you know, you're selective with shows because as we all know, they're very expensive and you're selective with what you do with her and you're very strategic. And I think that that's really important for all of us to remember, you know, um, you don't have to go to every horse show and go to every, you have to be strategic about what you do with each horse and each horse doesn't have to be, you know, the package that whatever she she wants to do it and she tries for you and she loves you and i think that that shows the horseman in you and in the special horse that she is uh is pretty pretty amazing um and that she could well, go in the all tech right yeah and 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 honestly too that's another part of my with with her i i guess i feel very paternal towards her i try to just cultivate um 
her her joy because she has such joy in her work and dressage can have such repetition and drilling and like she was we, we were not terribly impressive in the small tour the judge is just that wasn't really the look they were going for and um and frankly i didn't want to drill shoulder in eight meter circle shallow half pass it like that i didn't really feel like that was going to contribute to my ultimate place i wanted her to go which was in the grand prix ring and so so that's why i tried to do things like exhibitions because then she went in the ring and she could have a blast. She could have fun mm-hmm. and she could show up. So instead of going in the ring and feeling drilled, like I want the perfect shoulder in and I'm going to do shoulder ins until I find the elusive perfect shoulder in, that would have, you know, she's three quarter Frisian. So like, I, I think that might have made her sort of dull. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it got where I competed her very sparingly, but did as many times the, like I did one show at Grand Prix so I could qualify for Grand Prix freestyle because I wanted to go in the ring and ride to music. And I didn't want to be that I have to pee off at X. In a freestyle, mm-hmm. I can pee off before X. I can pee off after X. I can, you know, I don't even have to necessarily pee off there. I can, I can sort of ride by feel, ride by what seems to be working. I, yes, you have a general um, sort of choreography that you'd like to stick to, but for, for her, it was more about making her feel ambitious making like letting her have fun in the ring and not um sort of restricting it so so like i said that's what made it mm-hmm. so I, i'm relatively sort of unstructured because it's more about the feeling and i i and i'm sure the judges get quite frustrated with me because i can be an unmade bed and and like my grand prix <laughs> i like like you gotta ride straight or you gotta ride your corners and i'm like oh you're, you're right you're right you're right i just you know yeah. and but like in the in the freestyle you know, it's just like we could, you know, just like let it all hang out and, and um, you know, go for it. Well, and that's where people have fun. And that's where the crowd gets into it. And, and it is way more fun to write a freestyle. I completely agree with you. That's uh, <laughs> a lot more fun. And if you can kind of move it around and, you know, it, 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 that's a really, really fun thing. And um, you, you also rode multiple other horses right at the finals. What were your other horses that you rode? Um, I had um, um, a stallion, a young stallion I have coming up, Flavius. And um, Flavius is a Hanoverian stallion. He's um, super talented and he's seven and he's extremely precocious. And I have not done any, um, he's had a much more traditional path. Um, He's done, you know, sort of some pre-St. George and some intermediate one, and he's been tremendously successful. But uh, the Alltech ring, (laughs) <laughs> made him a little unnerved so he wasn't yeah. quite as confident he didn't go in there you know beating his chest and swinging from the vines and doing a tarzan yell he was a little bit like wow i'm here by myself this is <laughs> so like i said it wasn't our show and so like that's why this this show that we just had at um uh nationals it, it, i had three horses there and just the first two days i like i i couldn't i just couldn't get it together everything was just <laughs> i was a half step off I, I i couldn't ride the right to left change well i it was just i i i don't know i it just i just I, I would look down and my leg would be shooting out here and i think i'd never been that cold for that many days in a row and i was just was so cold, cold and stiff and tight and disconnected yeah. and and just and so 
I, I, <laughs> I was quite relieved when <laughs> things seemed to come together. <laughs> you know, they, the music they, playing, I'm like, all right, now, now I game got- on here. Now we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cold. It, it, it is, you know, people say, because you're also uh, local here in Lexington, and people are like, oh, you're used to it. I was like, no, it was 80 degrees on Sunday and 22 on the following Saturday. Like, no, <laughs> we're not used to that. Like, that's not what we're used to. And, and our horses don't show, uh, our local shows are not in the same venue as, as the U.S. Right. finals. So our horses are not used to, we're, we're at the same, we're at the same advantage or disadvantage as everyone else. It's no, no advantage for living here other than we can sleep in our own bed. There, yeah, there's no hometown advantage because we don't ever ride in the Alltech ring. You're, you're, no. you're right. And, and there's, I mean, there's very few places in the United States like that. I, do, I mean, have you ever ridden in another ring like the Alltech? No. It's, I think, the one and only, and, you know, for horses that you do eventually want to take internationally, it's pretty much the only indoor show that I can think of, uh, maybe Omaha, mm-hmm. um, but other than sure. that, I, 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 you know, and Omaha's just starting, so, no, I don't think so, not that I know of, so it's a real experience yeah. for all the horses, and, and everyone else, I mean, I think that's one of the, the good things and bad things about the U.S. finals is, you're up really early because there's certain times you can be in the all tech uh, to school and everybody's Warm in there. Up. So yeah, exactly. it's tight and uh, same thing with the outside arenas. And if you don't come in, uh, once you sort of go to the horse park, you have to stay there. And so that's a bit of a mm-hmm. challenge too. A lot of times uh, here locally, we'll run our horses home. So they sleep in their own beds as well, but you can't do that in this show. And uh, so it is a very long sort of drawn out show. Uh, typically, we'll we'll all take more horses and you only take typically the horses that have uh, qualified. So it's kind of the days are super long at this show, yeah. uh, you know, and, and but not long enough that we can work. I mean, it's a, it's a very different atmosphere uh, for us here. Uh, maybe we're a little more used to that in Florida, but in here in Kentucky, we're not used to that. So, um, it does bring I some other this challenges. Show also, also uniquely challenging because, um, you have, you know, three judges sitting around the ring, but, um, and then it's being live streamed. So I, I, I don't even know what number of people were live streaming, but there's, you know, quite a few people live streaming it. And then there was also the judges forum. And yeah. so, so there was like Ann Gribbins, Gary Rockwell, Janet Foy, and then the whole, you know, as far as five stars, and then all the four-star judges and all the three-star judges. So I, Adia is, you know, she's doing Grand Prix, but we're by barely Grand Prix. Yeah. And, and like, like under this, so we're under basically Olympic level scrutiny. And I was, I mean, I know it's a, a finals, but I was sort of doing it almost like a schooling show. I mean, it's not far from my barn and like, uh, you know, I want to get in, get used to the atmosphere, but I, that's a lot of scrutiny for, yes. for, for my baby. And I was like, <laughs> I, I know better. Just kidding. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I so that was an added pressure. Well, we had um, the same, but, you know, with both our uh, horses are pretty young. They've been doing it this year together, both right. and Flavius. We, they're both young and it was the same kind. Like, yeah, we're just in here because this is close <laughs> and it's a good experience. But yeah. it's, I know we're not really ready. Don't be too mean. Just kidding. Yeah, you know, we're, we're yeah. trying. It's not a but, um, yeah. You know what? I actually, how I handle the nerves. I mean, everyone has their own way of handling nerves, but like I felt that, you know, when you have a red and white horse with, you know, just that, that looks like she does. I was like, you, you don't really want to stand out as, um, 
you know, and do a poor performance because you're going to stand out either way. And I, I uh, but the way I, um, the way I thought of it is for me, if I'm going to be under Olympic level scrutiny, I could let myself go into a spin and, and nerves and trying to be a people pleaser and trying to please the judges. And, and I thought, well, that is going to completely, um, completely impact my performance in a negative way. So I, <laughs> So I sort of what 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 I had to do for the freestyle, which is probably why it was significantly better than the Grand Prix. Um, I, I alluded to like how I had done the quadrille and I had done the performance in body paint. Like if it's a performance, I put a grin on my face, I throw my shoulders back, and I just let the good times roll. And there was absolutely no pressure. And so this was a cowboy freestyle. So I put on a sheriff's badge and a bowl of tie. And then to me, it was like I was in an outfit. I was in a costume. And so I was doing a performance and it wasn't, it, I just didn't even feel like it was judged. So, so for me, I had to put myself in a different mindset of not being judged, but just performing. And so <laughs> like everyone has their own way of doing it, but that was my way of doing it. And it actually helped free up any inhibitions because I didn't worry about Gary Rockwell. I didn't worry about, about all the people watching online and sort of, you know, you know what I mean? It just sort yes, of put me in yeah. a different, in a happy place. Yeah, and so I could just yeah. be like, watch this. You know, she has the yeah. coolest passage tour instead of yeah. panicking like, oh my God, what if, if she double taps or what if, you know, it, it just yes. it was in a, just yes. in a different place. So. No, and I think that that's the best advice, you know, for everyone who does have the opportunity to ride in the Alltech. Um, everyone handles it differently. I personally just don't look. <laughs> I don't look up because if I looked up and seen all those yeah. judges, I would have been like, oh boy, wow, we're green. Yeah. But I just yeah, keep they were my there. eyes level. They were there. I knew they were there, but I just <laughs> didn't look up. I just kept my eyes level. And so that's my, how I handle it is like, you know yeah, what? Okay. I can only do what I can do and what my horse can do. And I can only ask him to do what he's been doing in training. And, you know, I, I, I'm like you, I, I went in with a relatively green horse and I kind of had to just say that. And, and so I think everybody handles it differently, but I found, yeah. especially when I coach people, I tell them, do not go in there and look up because then it's really, it's really intimidating. You have the, you know, you have all the people eating and, and the, in the hospitality tent and then everybody <laughs> on the other side, and then the judges are right in front of you. So just keep your eyes level. That's how I handle it. Um, instead of sort of yeah. looking up, but everybody's a little bit different, but like you said, you went in, you had a plan, you knew how you were going to handle the pressure and, uh, it clearly worked for you guys. You had a great freestyle and I cannot wait to watch this mare in Florida. She just puts a smile on everybody's face. Uh, and we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing about your horses and, um, uh, how can people find you online if they want to l- learn a little bit more about her or talk with you? Sure. Um, yeah, I have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook page is James Coford or else, uh, Coford dressage at uh, gmail.com. So yeah, either way is fine. Fantastic. We can't wait to see you in Florida. Okay. Thanks so much. Well, everybody for the total saddle fit tip of the week, we're going to talk here in a few minutes a, a little bit about strategy, but before that, as always, you guys know how much we love the synthetic shoulder relief girth. It is a fantastic product. Uh, what's nice about the synthetic girth is it's affordable, it's antimicrobial, and for people like me, you can just give it a quick hose off at the end of your ride. And especially when you're in a hot climate and the horses are sweaty and kind of gross, uh, that is such a nice thing to be able to do. 
Um, and this girth, it fits in the natural, natural girth groove, um, and it sits, on, sits back so that the billets are further back, and it prevents the saddle from pulling forward on the shoulders. Even works on saddles that don't fit as well, and it simply corrects the physics of how the girth sits on the horse. So we love the unique shape, and we love the product, and it also has 100% uh, custom-shaped wool fleece cover that you can find at totalsaddlefit.com. So, and as always, if you have any questions, Justin at Total Saddle Fit can help you out. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So, Phil, we've got kind of a great uh, tip for the week for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, don't we? Well, I think it was, it, it was kind of good because, uh, you know, I came in to, you know, give you a little bit of help and to be your eyes on the ground in your warm-ups. And, and so maybe we can talk a little bit about how we were able to make that work because I'm not your normal coach. Right. And I haven't seen you train in, what, I didn't go to Florida last, so a while, like a year and a half, two years yep. almost. Yeah. So um, I think one of the first things that we did was actually you sent me video of your freestyle. You show, you show, I saw a video of your last your qualifying competition. Um, that was about two weeks before I, I came into Kentucky, and so mm-hmm. I you know we talked a little bit about you know the things that we wanted to improve, and then uh, you worked hard obviously, and, and you improved them, and then you sent me a video of you training the freestyle at home, and we kind of so that gave me a really good preparation idea of some things that um that we talked about some things that i wanted to come in and improve a little bit with you before we went to the show and and just in my own you know coaching mental process i was trying to really you know come up with a few things that we could correct without really getting into the nitty-gritty of actually you know retraining something or, or really pushing the horse beyond you know his limits or you know because a week out or a week before the show we don't want to be kind of fixing things what we're wanting mm-hmm. to do is really just uh nitpick a little bit and and just improve things to where you can gain a couple of extra points here and there you know mm-hmm. to uh, to really show the horse off well without really developing any kind of new training ideas or new training um f- f- you know that we're going to bring to the horse that might frazzle him or might ruin what you do have so it's i think the the preparation was just about um just taking what you've got and just looking for a mark here or there and, and you know and and um developing developing the horse with uh with the mindset that you got to show him in four days right so right um right from your I, I perspective, it, yeah, yeah. What, what were you know what were kind of the, some of the things that you know that that we did? Yeah, so I think I call it in sort of my own teaching when I when I come in or or I'm working with my students sort of the week of the competition, uh, we will switch. We we turn off training mode and we turn on to I I call it putting the sprinkles or icing the cake. We're just putting some icing on the cake. We're not the cake has been made. We're just gonna just make it a little fancier or have some ideas. So like you said, we, we came in this with, with a little bit of a plan and we had talked kind of through some things before. So, um, I really, you know, you were like, Hey, I like this about the horse show. I didn't like this. Um, and so I had a pretty clear plan on what I was working on to make it better. Um, 
you know, again, my horse is relatively green in the I-1, but we made it to the national finals, which was great. And uh, so there are certain things, you know, I know he knows the test now, but now it's just the certain things like um, one of the things that was really helpful that was the shoulder in uh, and the inter one, you do the shoulder in on the center line. Uh, so the judges can see every little flaw that you have because they're it's right in front of them. So that was super helpful because you had a plan and, and you knew I could gain points pretty quickly. Um, and my horse, you know, he actually is, is quite wiggly in the shoulder end and likes to displace his haunches in a different location than I think they should. And, um, and I actually had too much angle in my shoulder end. And it's why you bring eyes on the ground, because I thought, I, of course, I was perfect um, and feels like uh, way too much angle. Uh, so we really made a plan on how we were going to make that better. Uh, again, kind of icing on the cake, right? We we could I could make that adjustment when Phil would tell me that's it, that's what it is, or start in this angle and and you could go to more if you need it, but don't start too with too much angle. So that was super helpful because that was something we knew uh, with a little bit of eyes and a little bit of direction we could we could fix that. Um, and then also sort of watching my lines and watching my geometry. Uh, those are things that you can really fix or, you know, be alerted to that you can, you can do in your mental prep. Um, so those were, you know, a couple, couple of the things we yeah. also worked on yeah, the changes. Would, yeah. yeah we looked bit. at the changes a little bit without doing a whole bunch of different things, you mm-hmm. know, not without throwing a ton of different exercises or, but just, you know, kind of I, polishing, you want to polish everything and you want to look right. at things that have nothing to do with, uh, how well your horse moves or, you know, um, sometimes how forward the horse is or, you know, you don't want to be messing with rhythm problems right. too much. You don't, because that those can take a while if you get, if, if you get out of rhythm and then the mm-hmm. horse maybe gets tense and frustrated, you're not trying to build tension. But, uh, like we said in the I one, the, the shoulder ends down the center line are challenging, mm-hmm. but they're they so very important because <laughs> You know, whether you have a good moving horse or a not good moving horse, your horse has to be able to go on three tracks, three tracks, not two, not four, you know, and and have a a nice inside bend. That's just training. That's just practice. And that's just knowing where you are in the arena. So Mm -hmm. those are things that, yeah, that we thought that we can really, you know, pick up some points on. And, you know, you stay away. We we stayed pretty much away from any of the medium or extended shots because we don't want to throw the horse off of balance, we don't want to make the horse tense. We don't, you know, um, mm-hmm. the halts also. Your uh, Reese's yes. halts are always pretty darn good. So, uh, we, but that would be another point to polish yep. Yep. Um, if we needed to work on that a whole bunch. Is because again, a, a square immobile halt is just um, something you can do really well on any horse with with practice, discipline. Yep. So, yeah, sure. and, and, and we just we also play with changes. pirouettes. Little little yeah, changes we, in the pirouettes. We, that was. Yeah. A weaker point for my horse. He's very good at them, but he's still pretty green in them. So we worked quite quite a lot actually on the pirouettes, but nothing nothing that would create. We're trying problems. to stress him. We're just trying to say if you do a little yeah. bit here, a little bit. That's what you should be doing right. a week out from a show. Is yeah. can you do a little bit here, a little bit there? Can we simplify things? Can can we get more points by making it a little bit easier for the horse rather than really mm-hmm. challenging the horse? So pirouettes, I think in the you know in um, St George and the I one. Um, they don't have to be, you know, I think Reese was going for really tight Grand Prix pirouettes, which, Perfection. Let's which, be real. Yeah, which were resulting with a little, you know, some a little balance and rhythm issues. So, 
I think you know I came in and said let's just make it a little bit easier for the horse so that he can have really good balance and really good rhythm and then you can develop tighter pirouettes as you continue to train so um I think that's important to have a strategy coming in a week before a show or two weeks before a show and uh you know your training should be done if 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 you're going into a show and you're feeling like oh I can't do two tempies at all like this is, then that's not a great situation because you're not going to do them in the show ring no. right but, no, it's but too stressful. be able to polish a few things that the horse can already do confidently is uh is a great strategy for looking to pick up as many marks as you can especially going into the finals because it was super competitive i watched yeah. a lot of the tests there was a huge classes and it didn't yeah. take much to separate you know one horse you know a fourth place to fifth place or yeah. You know, yeah. ninth to tenth. I mean, yeah. If was, you're in that yeah. class and, and you're competing in the national finals, every every horse was well every, and rider. Yeah, every point counts. Represented. Yeah, yeah, everybody's good. So, um, yeah. yeah, I hope so that can great. help people. Yeah, with with thinking about uh, competition versus training, and and like you said, turning the switch on yeah. and off a little bit, and and uh, trying well, to I have as it- much success as you can. Yeah, and I think it's really important just you can, uh, you know, hopefully you hear, you know, Phil and I talk obviously all the time because we do the horse show and, and I mean the radio show. And so he knows he also Phil was there when we purchased this horse. So he's known this horse for a long time. And I think it's important um, that if you do bring someone in that's not your regular coach, you need to have a really solid relationship. Um, I, I had a, um, a student that brought in a coach, uh, it was a friend of her coach, her eventing coach's friend kind of thing, and it didn't go well. Um, so I think if you do bring someone in that's not sort of your normal, uh, obviously you can hear Phil and I have a really good relationship. We talk about it all the time. So he, we had a pretty good strategy and a clear plan going in, and I knew with Phil coming down that we were going to do that and nothing was going to change dramatically. And Phil came earlier than he needed to so that we would have an extra day and my sister came my sister normally works with me and she had to be out of town so she came and we discussed things so um i think it's really important that if you do do something like that that you really bring someone in that you number one trust and number two isn't going to rock the apple cart too much uh it's just going to help polish it so uh, that is that is something i wanted to say and something that we were able to to do together uh which was great so uh thank you again phil for coming it was a lot of fun and uh we hope everyone enjoyed uh, today's show and enjoyed sort of our kind of what we did uh with my own horse so as always you can find uh today's show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com like us on facebook just search dressage radio show follow us on twitter at horse radio my website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com the best way to find me is on facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com i'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.